You know, right outside my house growing up was a cul-de-sac, a little turnaround in the road. But for us, my friends and I, it wasn't just a cul-de-sac. On any given summer night, uh, we would grab our baseball mitts and we would head into the cul-de-sac and we would transform that thing, at least in our own minds, into Wrigley Field or Fenway Park or... You know, for us as uh, kids growing up in Cincinnati, Riverfront Stadium. And, you know, the only thing that interrupted us, because we we would play for hours on end, the only thing that interrupted us was when someone would yell, car, because there was a car coming. And we would stop and we would move over to the shoulder of the cul-de-sac and we would give that car a few seconds and then once it was clear someone would yell these words, game on. And we knew that that was our signal to get back in the game. That's really where the series title game on comes from is we want to get back in the game. You know, a pandemic hit last year. I don't have to tell you that it interrupted pretty much everything. Our rhythms, our routines, uh, our, our work, our school, our Our financial practices for some of us, our relational rhythms sometimes slipped, Um, our personal disciplines and how we related to God. For some of us, we let some of those things go. And you know, the pandemic's not over, that's for sure. But with vaccines on the horizon, you, you, you can almost see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's a new year, new beginnings, a fresh start. And so we thought, you know, if there's any areas of our lives that we've let slip a little bit, we wanted to come back and do a series and say, hey, you know what? It's 2021. We were interrupted, but now it's time to get back in the game. It's game on. So tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about our physical health. You know, last month, I was reading the New York Times, an article, and it was titled, Yes, Many of Us Are Stress-Eating and gaining weight in the pandemic. Does that surprise you? Now, for some of you, now, this is not affecting you at all. You, you've got this dialed in. You've got six-pack abs. You are like, you know, negative 2% body fat. And to you, we all want to say, we don't like you very much, okay? We don't, because we're jealous. I mean, we, we would love to be where you're at. But man, inspire us, encourage us, teach us. Because for most of us, We looked at last year and we're like, man, we had more hours in front of a computer doing Zoom calls than ever before in our life. They closed down the gyms, and so there was really no convenient place for for a lot of us to work out. And we just came through the Christmas season where a lot of us ate a little bit too much and drank a little bit too much so that, you know, fitness for us has become more about you know, fitness taco in my mouth, okay? So today, I want to talk to you about your physical health. Wherever you are on the spectrum, let's talk about what does God say about that? Now, let me give you a little quiz, a little pop quiz. Let's see where we're at on this, okay? I know you love quizzes, but real quick, let me just give a couple questions and answer these. They'll be on the screen, all right? The first question is this. Which of the following is not one of the four major food groups. A, fruits and vegetables. B, meat and dairy. C, grains and cereal. And D, pizza and beer. 
Yeah, D. Now, how many of you got that right? How many of you got that right? Yeah, I figured. We got a sharp crowd, sharp crowd. Okay, second question. Which of the following is not a significant source of vitamin C? A, orange juice. B, grapefruit juice. C, fresh squeezed lemonade. Or D, Red Bull. Anybody? Uh, the answer is D. How many of you got that right? Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. I, most, pretty much everybody. And then number three, which of the following would not be considered good cardiovascular exercise? A, jogging. B, swimming. C, biking. Or D, walking to the kitchen to get some food. How many of you got that right? Some of you in the room, how many of you got that right? All three? How many of you got all three right? Yeah, of course you did. I bet everybody got all three right. And guys, that's my point, that, that you already know the answers. I mean, when it comes to your physical health, when it comes to physical fitness, you already know. I mean, you know, you eat right, you get plenty of exercise, you stop smoking, you don't drink too much, you get plenty of sleep and blah, blah, blah. We've heard it all before. So let's come at this a different way. Let's get a little bit creative. So my normal MO is I'll have to take a passage of Scripture and just kind of walk through it and see what God has for us. But let's do something a little bit different today. If you'll indulge me, I want you to imagine with me that you're headed in for, you know, a, a physical at the doctor's office. And the nurse takes you back, and, and uh, you get the measurements done, and you get on the scale, and they, they take your blood, and, and all those kinds of things. And then she walks out, and you're waiting in there on that you know table with the rice paper. What is that? I don't understand. Anyway, the rice, you're up on that table, and you're just waiting. And then the door opens. But instead of your doctor coming in, God shows up to talk to you about your health and fitness. He looks at all of your measurements and at your chart, and he's going to say something to you. Let me ask you, what do you think God would say to you about your health and your fitness? See, I'm pretty sure what God wouldn't tell you. I mean, I don't think he'd tell you what you already know that you need to know because he knows everything, so he knows that we already know, you know? I mean, I think he'd say some other things, and that's what I want to share with you. Some of the things that I think God would say to you about your health and fitness. I think God would say to you, hey, in 2021, I want you to get back in the game with fitness, with health, and I want you to do this for us. In other words, for your relationship with God. If you look at 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You know, when we accept Jesus, when we say yes to Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in our hearts. It says, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And we read that and we realize that managing our bodies is really about stewardship. God owns it, and I'm just the steward of this body. And so the decisions that I make about my body are really an opportunity for me to honor God with my life. Now, Paul's going to expand this concept of stewardship in 1 Corinthians 10.31. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 
And so, you know, the way I steward my money or the way I steward my time or the way I steward my abilities, and yes, the way that I steward my body, every decision that I make about that shows how important God is in my life. Now, to get real practical with you, I would say this, that it's been my experience that when God gets involved with something in my life, that's when I'm the most victorious. And when God has gotten involved with my fitness, that's the time when I've really seen change happen. You know, when I first got started in in fitness and and in health and that sort of thing, my motivation, to be honest with you, was I just wanted to look as good as I could. I mean, how many of you, you know, when you're 18 or 19 or 20 years old, you just want to look really good? And I thought, man, I'll choose broccoli if it means that I can look good. And it worked for a while, but eventually, I got to be honest, like Krispy Kreme donuts are really good. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if you've had a Krispy Kreme donut, but it's a spiritual experience. I'm going to be honest. And, and I would try to say no, but if you're driving by, and I tell you what, have you all seen those red, the red neon light that comes on saying hot, fresh donuts now? Guys, that's like a bug to a bug zapper for me. I'm just like, oh, you know, I want that. And so looking good and feeling good for me was just never enough motivation. You know, the best I ever did with eating was when I I started to say, you know what, I'm going to pray before my meal, but I'm not going to just do the regular, God is great, God is good, now we thank him for our food. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to say, God, Lord, I want to eat in such a way that it honors you. This is your body. You've given me this food. I want to steward this thing. And, And so, God, I want to eat. I want every bite to be an act of worship. I want to eat in a way, watch this, That'll make you smile. And so that began to change things. And you say, well, that's crazy. But honestly, it gets crazier because then I started to ask God to be a part of my workouts. And this might be extreme for you. And so just give me a little grace on this. I was just kind of starting out. I was young. But I would exercise and I would start to feel those weights and the pain in my muscles And I started to imagine Jesus as a motivation. I I would imagine him carrying that heavy cross up a hill. And I thought, you know what? He did that for my benefit. He took that pain for my benefit. The least I can do is finish this workout, is finish this mile. And so that could be extreme for you. Maybe that's not what you want to do, but... But, but get God involved in your health and in your fitness. Say, God, you know, uh, listen to some worship music when you're running on the treadmill. Or, or when you're walking out in nature, just pray and say, God, thank you for all these trees and the beautiful birds and all these amazing things. Ask God to be a part of what you're doing. Maybe when you're working out, you can throw on a podcast of, of, of a great speaker, a sermon or something, or you can listen to an audio uh, version of the Bible. I mean, there's just all kinds of ways to say, God, I want you to be Lord over this area of my life. I want you to be the highest motivation I have. God, I want to make you smile with my fitness. All right, so I think God would say that. I want this for us. But I also think God would say, hey, in 2021, I want you to get back in the game when it comes to your fitness because I want you to do this for you, for you. You know, in Proverbs 4.22, this is a, a book of wisdom in the Bible. And it says, be attentive to my words, 
for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. That is God making a connection between his words or his will or his, his expression and who he is and you know his will. And then also our physical health, our bodies. God puts those two things together. And you know, there's a really interesting example of this in the Old Testament. Before there were... Um, before there was science, before there were nutritionists, before any of that existed, God gave dietary laws to his people. And you know what? Douglas Winall wrote a book, and he studied those dietary laws uh, that God gave to his people, and he writes about the list of animals that God told the Israelites to avoid. Listen to this. Bears and squirrels and raccoons carry trigonosis and other diseases. Scavengers such as crabs and crayfish can transmit lung and liver flukes. These were all on the list that God told his people to avoid. Uh, Filter feeding organisms such as clams and oysters may contain high concentrations of toxic heavy metals and pathogenic bacteria and viruses, making them, listen, dangerous for human consumption. God's not out to limit our menu, he says. He wants to keep us healthy. Because he wants us to have the best life possible. It's true. When you're pursuing God's will for your health and for your fitness, it's going to make you feel good. You've got to have the best life possible. You know, there were some corporations that started investing in a lot of fitness programs for their employees. And they did a study and found that there was a 47.5% reduction in absenteeism. In other words, less people calling in sick. I mean, you get get fit, you're less sick. It just makes sense. They did another uh, study and found that 27%, they had 27% fewer mental errors. So not only are you sick less, but mentally you get sharper right? I mean, God wants this for you. And I would say he doesn't just want it for you. Like he wants it for your kids too. I mean, he wants you to be around. I I think of my kids, like I want to be around. I want to live long enough to see them graduate, to walk my daughter down the aisle. Someday when I have grandkids, I, I want to feel good enough to be that grandpa that like gets down on the floor and wrestles with them. And I want to feel good, you know? And, and when I retire someday, I I want to be able to travel and, and just really enjoy it. I think God would look at me and say, listen, your fitness and your health is important. Do it for you. You know, so first thing, do it for our relationship, he and I, and, and then do it for me. And then third thing I would say is that God would say, hey, you want to, you want to jump back into fitness, back in the game? Uh, I want you to try something different. You see, I, I think a lot of us are frustrated. We've tried and we've tried, we've tried on our own to get our fitness and our health where it needs to be. And I think God would look at us and say, okay, you've tried on your own. Now why don't you try something different? Now, you know, Peter Drucker was a, he's a management guru. And one of the things he said is that there are basically two, two organizations that, uh, that really are responsible for changing people's lives. He says there's two places that are really bringing about real change in people's lives. And he says that one is the 12-step programs, you know, AA and NA and all, all the 12-step programs, and then the other is the church. I'm so glad he said that. 
Um, but he says the reason why, and this is what's interesting to me, is that those organizations both really focus on two things. One, an intimate relationship with God, all right, a higher power, if you know anything about the 12 steps, but also a deep, deep connected relationship with other people. And you know what? That's what God's word says in Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. If you've been trying to do fitness on your own for a while, can I encourage you? Man, get somebody else involved. I mean, get God involved, pray, but then get somebody else involved. When I was in college and I, uh, I started doing uh, weightlifting, and I was horrible at it. I, was, I, was, I didn't want to do it. I didn't stick with it until... A guy by the name of Eric said, I'll go with you. And he started coming with me, and we would get down there, and I remember, you know, we'd, we'd bench press, and we'd bicep curl, and all those kinds of things. In fact, guys, we were such nerds. We were Bible college freshmen. And, you know, if you've ever done weightlifting, you know, like, when you spot somebody, you'll say, hey, one, two, three, and you'll take the bar off for them. But we started saying, instead of one, two, three, we'd say, four, one, three, we take the bar off because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> we, were, we were nerdy little freshmen and totally misusing scripture, but it worked. We were inspired and it was awesome. And you know what? Man, I think it still works today, not just that scripture, but I think having other people involved. You know, one of the things we're trying to do in our church is encourage everybody to get into a small group. And I would never ask you to do something that I'm not doing as well. I've got a small group. And you know, my small group leader and I, we've got Apple Watches, and we will uh, share with each other our fitness uh, information. And sure enough, man, you know, it'll be 6 a.m. in the morning, and I'm dragging, and I don't want to work out. And I'll get this notification from Chris that says, hey, he just did this amazing workout. And I look at that and I go, all right, then I'm going to get myself down to the gym and I'm going to make it happen. Guys, you want to get this, uh, you want to get this right, get other people involved as well. And then finally this, I think if God was with you, I think he'd say, um, hey, you need to get in the game with your fitness. But let me tell you why, above all, all these other motivations, you want a why, here's the why. God says, I want your heart healthy. I want your heart healthy. Listen to the priorities here. 1 Timothy 4, 8, God says, for physical training, yeah, it's of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Guys, God would say, hey, your physical health is important to me but the, import, the, the, the health of your heart, who you are, your soul, that's much more important to me. You know, one day God sent the prophet Samuel to a man named Jesse to pick a, a new king. But God didn't tell him which of the sons it would be. And so the sons all line up and Samuel immediately thinks that the king is the one who's the tallest. He's, he's got the, the greatest stature. He's, uh, you know, he's built and listen to what God says uh, in 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says, Samuel, don't think that Eliab is the one just because he's tall and handsome. He isn't the one I've chosen. People judge others by what they look like, but I judge people by what is in their hearts. Do you hear that? 
Do you hear a God that says, you know what? There might have been people in your life that, that bullied you because of your appearance, but guess what? God, God doesn't look at the outside. He's looking at your heart. You might have been somebody that has tried and tried and tried. You have, you've tried to I- imitate image, photoshopped images on magazines and say, man, if I don't look like that, then what am I really worth? And God would look at you and say, well, I'm not looking at those things. I'm looking at your heart. You might be one of the thousands of people that are struggling with eating disorders. And I think God would look at you and say, oh, please, please let me come. Let me come inside your heart. Let me help you with that from the inside out. You might be one of the so many people that are struggling with their weight. And I think God would look at you, man, you want to know what God, what I think God would say to us about our health and fitness. I think God would come into that doctor's office and he would lock eyes with you and he would say it this way. He'd say, you know what? You can go home today and you can sit on the couch and eat potato chips and drink a two liter bottle of Coke and, and, and finish off with a, a bag of double stuffed Oreos every day for the rest of your life and get as big as a house. And you know what? I wouldn't love you any less. And I think God would also say, and you could go out of here and eat only fresh fruits and vegetables and go to the gym and be the most in-shape person, but that's not going to make me love you any more. You see, the way God loves us isn't based on our spiritual performance. The way God sees us is through, is through his son, Jesus. And about 2,000 years ago, Jesus was with his friends and they were actually sharing a meal And he took some bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Then he took a cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you. One time when Jesus was um, in that garden, that same night, he was thinking about him dying on the cross where his body was broken and his blood was poured out. And the truth is that he was sweating so much he actually bled. It was... He gave everything. And you know what? When he said body broken and blood poured out, he was giving them a picture of him on the cross where he died for their sins and our sins. And because Jesus was both fully God and fully man, he has the ability to extend an invitation to you and to me and to say, you know what? If you'll come and follow me and put your faith in me, then your sins can be forgiven. And I can come into your heart and I can begin to change you from the inside out. I care about your body. But more than anything else, I care about a relationship with you. Guys, the good news, the good news is that every one of us has the opportunity to have that relationship with Jesus. If you don't yet, then I would say, man, your next step is to say yes to him. And, and for you, man, if you're watching this online, then maybe put that in the comment. You know, I, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus and someone will follow up with you. Or if you're watching this in one of our uh, physical locations, then I'd encourage you to come up to somebody after the, the service and, and uh, just tell them about the decision that you want to make and they can help you make that decision. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, I want to encourage you, man, what is your next step? when it comes to your physical fitness and your health. Do you need to call a doctor? Do you need to get a nutritionist? Do you need to call up the gym and say, hey, when are you guys opening up? Do you need to find a friend? Maybe you need to get to a small group. Um, Man, every one of us has a next step to take. I'm praying for you. 
I'm praying for you. And let me close with this. Guys, you don't have to change so he'll love you. You can change because he already does. Amen.